Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T. Hope you guys are all doing well. Nearly seven weeks after University of Idaho students Kaylee Gonzalez, Ethan Chapin, Zana Kernodo, and Maddie Mogan were done in by a real life boogeyman, we have a face and a name for that boogeyman. 28 year old Brian Christopher Koberger was arrested on a fugitive from justice warrant without incident in an FBI pre-dawn raid around, ironically enough, 3 a.m. on Friday, December 30th at his parents' house in either Effort, Pennsylvania or Albrightsville, Pennsylvania. I've seen both towns named in different articles. The FBI team had been tracking Koberger for four days prior to the arrest. According to CNN, Koberger's DNA has been matched to samples recovered at the scene of the crimes. A white Hyundai Elantra, matching the description of the one the cops have been looking for in recent weeks, was also recovered in Pennsylvania. As a result, Brian Koberger was charged with four counts of first-degree red rum. I can't say that M-word on YouTube, so just spell it backwards. He was also charged with felony burglary. He was remanded without bond to the Monroe County Correctional Facility, where he's spending his first night in jail and where he's awaiting extradition to Idaho. NBC News is reporting that sources told them DNA was a factor leading investigators to Brian Koberger, and reporter Josh Benson of WFLA reported that Koberger's DNA has been matched to genetic material recovered at the off-campus house where the students died. I'm thinking that Koberger's arrest is likely why the professional cleanup that was scheduled to begin at the house in Moscow today was suddenly called off. It sounds like investigators may want to revisit the crime scene now to ensure they've snared every last piece of DNA evidence tying Brian Koberger to the attack. There's no reason why his DNA should have been in that house, right? Especially not if it was found in both bedrooms where the students were attacked. That's not DNA that got there from some party back in September. Koberger's parents' house is in Chestnut Hill Township in the Pocono Mountains region of Pennsylvania. Brian Enton of News Nation dared to walk up to the front door of that house late Friday night, and he knocked on it. A male voice rose from behind the door, and whoever it was wasn't mincing words. He told Enton he was on private property, and he best depart. Could that have been Koberger's father? A more appropriate greeting from whoever was behind that door when you consider why reporters are hovering there would have been something like, our hearts go out to the families of the slain students. Our hearts are broken. Prior to the arrest, Brian Koberger had been staying at his parents' house for the past two to three weeks. According to Michael Mancuso, an assistant district attorney, 
in Monroe County, Pennsylvania. In court on Friday, Koberger was denied bail. Next week, Tuesday, he will appear at an extradition hearing. Moscow, Idaho wants him back within their jurisdiction. I think it's safe to speculate at this point that Brian Koberger was the driver of the white Elantra that was spotted near the slain student's off-campus rental house early on the morning of Sunday, November 13, 2022. But what was a guy from Pennsylvania doing in Moscow, Idaho? It turns out Koberger was a Ph.D. student at Washington State University in Pullman, Washington, which is less than 10 miles from the house in Moscow where the students were done in. At Washington State University, Brian Koberger was working through the first semester of his doctoral program in criminal justice and criminology. Interesting. An alleged criminal studying criminology reminds me of Ted Bundy in some ways, although Bundy wanted to be a lawyer. In a post on Reddit from about seven months ago, a user who identified himself as Brian Koberger asked people who had spent time in prison to take a survey about crimes they had committed. The survey listed Koberger as a student investigator working with two colleagues at DeSales, and it asked respondents to describe, and I quote, their thoughts, emotions, and actions from the beginning to the end of the crime commission process, end quote. Several of Kohlberger's fellow students who were in the same graduate program have shared fascinating details about him. One woman named B.K. Norton said that he continued attending classes after the crime in Moscow, and he seemed more animated at that time than he had been earlier in the semester. Norton said, and I quote, he seemed more upbeat and willing to carry a conversation, end quote. She went on to say that Koberger was interested in forensic psychology. She also stated that Koberger's quiet, intense demeanor had made people uncomfortable, as had comments he'd made against LGBTQ people. Miss Norton also said the following, and I quote, He sort of creeped people out because he stared and didn't talk much, but when he did, it was very intelligent, and he needed everyone to know he was smart, end quote. It sounds like Brian Koberger's interest in criminology may have been his gateway into crime. Perhaps this is how he planned the crime in Moscow, by studying infamous serialists like BTK, who managed to elude the police for many years. The crime in Moscow always felt somewhat planned, even if the crime scenes within the two bedrooms were messy as the coroner described them. The final lectures for the semester at Washington State University were given by December 9th of 2022, and all final exams were completed by December 16th. I'm imagining that Brian likely drove his white Elantra home at that time to his parents' house in Pennsylvania for the holidays. That would work with what that assistant district attorney said about Koberger staying at his parents for the past two to three weeks. 
prior to starting a Ph.D. program in criminology at Washington State University. Mr. Koberger attended Northampton Community College in Albrightsville, Pennsylvania, where he studied liberal arts and psychology, and he graduated in 2018. Next, Brian attended DeSales University, which is a Catholic institution in Center Valley, Pennsylvania. There, he earned a bachelor's degree in 2020 and a master's degree in June of 2022. In addition to his studies, Brian Koberger worked for several years up until the summer of 2021 as a security officer with the Pleasant Valley School District in eastern Pennsylvania. There, he garnered some attention for saving the life of an employee who was having an asthma attack. So he saved one life, which is precious, don't get me wrong, but he later allegedly took four more. Something's wrong with this picture. It would appear that Koberger moved to Pullman, Washington for his doctoral program sometime over the summer of 2022, after he graduated from DeSales University in June. In Pullman, Kohlberger moved into an apartment on the campus of the university, also had an office there because he was serving as a graduate teaching assistant. According to News Nation, investigators spent more than 12 hours searching and processing evidence today at Brian Koberger's apartment in Pullman. Multiple bags, boxes, and a computer were removed from the house and loaded into the back of a vehicle. It's unclear if the investigators were looking for digital evidence against Koberger. Several neighbors who spoke to the New York Times said they were left unsettled after learning that the suspect in this brutal crime had been living so close to them, and they expressed regret for regularly leaving their doors unlocked in the quiet housing development on the campus. The complex features about a dozen apartment buildings, and according to the New York Times, a children's playset sat behind the unit where Brian Koberger had been living. The Times spoke to a graduate student named Andrew Chua, who lived in the same building as Brian Koberger. Chua said he briefly met Brian in August or September, and the two spoke about their degrees and where they were from. Chua said that Koberger appeared to be excited to continue his studies. Chua said, and I quote, he was really passionate about what he was doing, end quote. The Times article said that another graduate student who knew Mr. Koberger said he was keenly interested in studying policing. This student who spoke on condition of anonymity because of worries that others in the department might get upset said that Brian Koberger had few friends at the school. Per this student, Brian wanted to socialize, but had made offensive remarks in the past that had left him somewhat isolated. And I'm assuming those were the LGBTQ comments that we heard about from B.K. Norton. Another student named Ben Roberts, who took several courses with Koberger, said Brian was always looking for a way to fit in. Roberts also stated that Koberger would find the most complicated way to explain something. Roberts said, and I quote, 
He had to make sure you knew that he knew it, end quote. If Koberger did move to Pullman, Washington over the summer of 2022, that would mean he was relatively new to the area, including Moscow, Idaho. But moving over the summer would have given him some time before the semester started to drive around, explore, and familiarize himself with the area perhaps even visit Moscow, Idaho. It's said that students at Washington State University frequently socialize with students from the University of Idaho, which is again only 15 minutes away by car. According to News Nation, court records revealed that Koberger received a minor traffic ticket in August in Lade County, where Moscow is located. He paid a fine for that violation in September. Clearly, Koberger had visited that county and possibly Moscow previously. Is that how he knew about the house at 1122 King Road and the females who lived in it? It would appear that he knew the layout of the off-campus house, and many have speculated that the perpetrator had to have been inside that house at some point and or had to have been watching the girls, perhaps from that tree line at the rear of the home. It appears that Koberger was following Kaylee and Maddie on Instagram. Could he have stumbled onto their profiles by doing some type of search of students from the University of Idaho? Or did he maybe meet them at the Corner Club bar one night? And if so, what triggered the rage that he inflicted on the four students in November. So far, the police have not told us what they believe Koberger's motive was. To me, he sounds like a budding serialist, but one who studied others and was savvy about checking out the property and the neighborhood before he committed the crime. For the two unharmed roommates, they should be thanking their lucky stars because there doesn't seem to be a good reason why this guy stopped his spree before reaching those rooms on the home's lowest level. If he was a budding serialist, you'd think he'd have continued until all six people in the house were no longer breathing. Perhaps he was simply too tired to continue by the time he made it down to that floor. Or, Perhaps the sharp-edged object he used was broken or dull by that point. Either way, those two unharmed students are truly miracles. Let's journey back now to Brian Koberger's younger years. He was born on November 21st of 1994. According to that same article in the New York Times, Brian had spent much, if not all of his life, in the Pocono Mountains region of Pennsylvania. A lady who went to the same high school as Brian, Pleasant Valley High, but was a year ahead of him, said he was known to have a temper and that he did kickboxing, possibly as a way to get his anger out. This snippet from his high school years matches the profile of the perpetrator we've been mapping out with the help of various expert profilers. Anger. I wonder why Brian Koberger was so angry even back in high school. Did something happen to him in his younger years to set him on this course toward anger, rage, 
and criminality. The kickboxing and the physicality involved in it makes sense as well. We knew that whoever did in the four students using that large, sharp-edged object had to be strong, in good shape, and had to have a great amount of stamina. According to Arntz, Koberger's mother sometimes worked as a substitute teacher at the high school. Arntz, who was 29, said that she used to occasionally hang out with Brian Koberger as part of a group and once hiked a mountain with him near her parents' house. However, she hasn't seen him since a friend's wedding in 2017. So if Brian Koberger is truly responsible for this heinous crime, does that mean that after committing it, he drove his white Elantra back to Pullman early Sunday morning? And was he able to avoid being seen by anyone as he maybe scrambled to get inside his apartment to wash away the signs of the crime? And those grad students who saw him after the crime, did they happen to notice any wounds on his face? arms or hands? Or was he wearing clothing that covered at least the arms and the hands? We've heard from all the experts that the perpetrator had to have gotten injured, even if that sharp-edged object had a hilt. And we know that he left DNA evidence behind. How did no one notice injuries on him? I'm also wondering about Koberger's parents, were they aware of the crime in Moscow, Idaho? You'd think they had to be. Did they even for one second consider their son a possible perpetrator? Or did they never see anything dark and cold in his eyes and temperament? You'd think they would have known that the authorities were looking for a white Elantra from the years 2011 to 2013. Did they never ask their son about this? We will not know exactly what the basis for Brian Koberger's charges was until the probable cause affidavit is unsealed. And that won't happen until Koberger is returned to Moscow, Idaho, and is officially served with an arrest warrant there. Sources have confirmed to News Nation that Koberger is on a unaliving watch in the Pennsylvania jail where he's being held. Sorry, but I cannot say the S-word on YouTube. The same sources confirmed that Koberger did indeed ask officers at one point whether anyone else was arrested and that he had a quiet, blank stare throughout the process. Let's hope the students' families, the residents of Moscow, the students who attend the University of Idaho, and the slain students who are no doubt in heaven can sleep easier tonight. Justice is coming. Well done, Moscow Police Department, Idaho State Police, and the FBI. While some people were complaining about the length of the investigation without an arrest, these dedicated law enforcement officials were busy tracking down the perpetrator. I would say that if Koberger is responsible for the crime, then these law enforcement officials caught a dangerous serialist in record time. Seven weeks to find someone like that seems almost miraculous if we reflect on cases like the one in Delphi. Until the next time, 
on bed crime stories. Do me a favor, smash that like button, subscribe to my channel, leave me a comment, consider a membership if you want to see me thrive here on YouTube, and I'll see you next time.